Hey y'all, welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. Today we have Dr. Marlon Mitchell on my podcast. We are going to be talking today about post-pandemic ventures. Basically, what is there to do after the pandemic in this community? We're going to be talking about everything in the community, how the community is going to help us, as well as Dr. Marlon Mitchell is going to tell us a little bit about everything he has going on. So sit back and listen up to this podcast. Again, welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. Again, I have Dr. Marlon Mitchell on my podcast, and I am so honored to have him on here. We are going to be talking about what he's doing in the community and basically post-pandemic trauma and everything that's going on with the pandemic and how we as a people are going to come around, I would just say. So, Dr. Marla Mitchell, how you doing? I'm doing well, Joy. You know, um, long time, you know. Um, I heard you had a barbecue that I wasn't invited to, but no, that's all good. Still <laughs> Man, I heard you had a barbecue nobody told me about until I saw the pictures online. Ninety of birthdays and stuff. Y'all having big celebrations over there? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, we always have to celebrate life. You know, if we yeah. don't celebrate life, then what do we celebrate? And um, and I'm glad that you that you said that, right? Because we all just trying to live and, and trying to make it day to day. And so it's about what we do, right? And part of part of what we do is not only to get the grind on, but we got to get the party on sometimes too. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, we as a family love to do that. So tell us, um, Marlon, Doctor. I w- I just love to say that now that I know to say that. Um, Oh, trust me, I know. I, I, I was a little shouty looking up to Dr. Marlon Mitchell, but you, I mean, you've always, you know, been in education, you got PhDs, you've, I've always looked up to you, so I, that's one thing I can say is from a youngin. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, yeah, you know, um, Joy, you know, I'm, I've been in this, in this, in this space called people development for quite a bit, right? Uh, I've been in higher education for about 26 years, but pretty much, all my life, that's all I've done was um, just to make sure the people around me was okay. And and part of doing that, you know, you just got to go ahead and do some of the heavy lifting. Just a little bit about myself. Um, you know, um, along with the degrees and everything, which don't really account for a whole lot, but they do open some doors. So uh, I'm, I'm never going to um, discount that. But um, really, it's just really about trying to meet people where they are and bring them up. So over the past um, 26 years, I've failed pretty much every um, level and, and executive level in higher education from starting out at the, uh, at the center age of 22 being director over at um, Purdue University and 
He even did a sit down in a, in a dirty dirty, right? I was at Albany yeah. State University. <laughs> and at Albany State University, I was a faculty member in a, in a college of education, got loaned out to the Board of Regents, did my tour around um, Georgia, ended up at um, Atlanta Tech. Yep. And Atlanta Tech, um, that's where I really started some of this work, right? I, I worked um, really closely with Congressman Lewis on getting some dollars into Atlanta Tech for what was called a uh, um, predominantly black institute, right? We know that um, Atlanta Tech isn't an HBCU, but it is predominantly black. And so what we did, we started looking at um, some of the disparities that existed down there on Metropolitan Parkway and found that, um, you know, that guys was just a revolving door from um, in that living in that area, going to prison, coming back, doing your thing in that area, going back to prison. So we looked at it and said, well, how can we stop that revolving door? And we put together a reentry program. What that reentry program did was um, when those guys got released, we, we, we wrapped our arms around them, gave them a safe place, um, gave them some, some resources to take care of their children and their family, um, provided um, access to transportation, and then more than that, we provided access to education that allowed them to get the skills that they can actually make a, um, a, 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 a legal living. Okay. Right, and when I say illegal living, I ain't talking about just collecting and paycheck to paycheck. I'm talking about making a little bit more where they can be comfortable in the space that they're in. Right. So um, took that and parlayed that into many different areas of this of this nation, and that brings me to where I'm at right now. I am um, currently have a couple of organizations. One is a community development corporation. Another is a um, nonprofit, and we and with both of those. We, we build people and we build communities. And so that's what I'm doing right now, Joy, building people, building communities. And I'm quite sure we're going to talk a little bit about both of those in a little while. Yes, yes, most definitely because um, that's one thing that I've noticed that you've been doing, I guess, the last 10 or so years of your life because you guys, the first few years of my life, I would say, he was the, the education man. Like, he was always... You know, when I was in college, he was down at Albany State, and he was a professor down there. Like, I, I think, weren't you up at Morehouse for a little second or so? Like, you did. Um, I did some consulting at Morehouse. I did some consulting at quite a few of the HBCUs. Um, really, at, at that time, I was the um, um, working with how teaching, training teachers how to teach better. Wow. And one go to school and get the methodologies. Another thing to teach from a cultural lens. Uh huh. And you. That you won't believe that a lot of times just because you're black or you're brown don't mean that you really understand the culture and how how to really connect with the people. Wow. And, uh, I think that that's an area where where we don't get enough and, 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 and it just did my heart well when I start to hear people start to talk about um, their personal experience in growing up and then applying that to whatever craft that they were doing and then applying that to helping somebody else lift themselves up out of the uh, out of the state that they were in, I don't think that we did that for a couple of generations, and now we're starting to get it back around to that mm-hmm. with this Black Lives Matter and um, and realizing that you know what, not only the Black Lives Matter, but we matter, and we matter in such a way that we have to figure out a way to to give back to so that the next generation don't have to go through the same thing that we went through. And our parents went through and our parents' parents went through, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, 
So let's get into the projects I would say that you have going on because um, you already started talking about one of the projects with um, the people getting out of jail and getting back into society, I would say, and as well as, you know, having, you know, good jobs and entrepreneurship, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, tell us a little bit more about um, that project and how it can help somebody that's, you know, just getting out of jail, I would say. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, um, I've been working in this reentry space for quite some time, and, and what i found is that a lot of times, um, not only does the person who who found themselves giving a little time to the government um, don't have a plan, but the government don't have a plan when they get released, right? Mm. And so that's what we're going through right now. We have um, the reduction in the, the time served for those that were serving low-level drug crimes. They're being returned back into society. So is a lot of other people that they paid their dues, and now they're coming back. And, uh, and where we sit at with reentry is, okay, what can we do to ensure that, to give them a greater probability that they won't return, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times what it comes down to, it comes down to housing and it comes down to an opportunity to earn a Some gainful money. living, right? Right. And right. so with that, what we're doing with this reentry program is we're, we're, we're going into the... Um, to the correctional facilities before they get released. We get them to commit while they're inside. And when they commit while they're inside, we start to help them create a plan for what they're gonna do when they get out. And when, upon their release, um, part of part of their release, they, they come to us and what we do, we provide um, transitional services for them and, and supportive services. So that means that if they had some, some issues uh, uh, trying to adjust and we have some mental um, so, some some mental resources that's there to help them begin to cope with life outside. But more than that, we work with them with getting some certifications. We realized a long time ago that most people, when they get out of jail, they got about a good six months to really um, get their sea legs, right? Mm-hmm. And in that six months, we, we realized that if we provided them with the opportunity to get a certification and, 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 a, and a high wage, high growth bill, and then we got the employers to commit to hiring them once they got that um, that that training that they needed. That they would be um, less likely to recidivate and more likely to become gainful contributors to this society. That means taking care of their children, taking care of their loved ones, um, getting that house or that car they always wanted, right. and just living uh, uh, living a righteous life. Right? right. But again, we have to make sure that we create those supports outside of the um, institutions so that when they come out they have a place to go to get the get the, the skills and the resources they need to be successful and that's what it's really all about trying to help someone be successful it's another thing to say hey I got mine you get yours I'm quite sure you heard that a lot in school, um, <laughs> I got mine you get yours what is that to say to someone I mean you know let me tell you I mean yeah. when you're young a lot of people think that way and then when you get older and you start maturing you know, you start to realize that you have to give back, even if you got yours. So I very much have heard that, but I very much agree with you having to give back to the community in some type of way. And um, you were saying also with one of your other projects, it has um, it has something to do with 
also giving back to the community. I, is it like I forgot it was something with property wise, but oh yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. If you think about it, right, we go into our communities that we grew up in. I'm not going to say some of the the plus communities that some people live in right, right now. Right, right. The communities that we grew up in, right? Um, we find that we um, we we got a little older. We tasted life. You saw life off the block, and we went different places. And that's what we want to do. We start to build our lives elsewhere. But we left that left our um, community that we right. alone, right? And so my whole thing is, we have to go back to those communities and reclaim those communities and reclaim the people that's in them. Because if you look at it, we'll be looking right in the mirror at our younger selves, right? Somebody once asked me, Marlon, what would you tell your your um your teenage self uh-huh. and I asked them I said you know I would tell my teenage self where were you think about that man you know how somebody's saying okay tell me about what, what would you what would you do different my what I would do different I would, I would be looking for folk in the community that was doing some things that I wanted to do or the right. folk in the community that would be coming to me saying hey what do you this want is to what do? right right let me show you how to how to make it right and we don't have enough of those conversations if we have any of those conversations in our families or in our communities. And I really want to make sure that when somebody asks another young fella, you know, what would you do? Um, I want them to answer, what do you want me to do? What do you need for me to do to help you get yours? Right. You know, I think that's the, that's the conversation we need to have. Not, I got mine, you get yours. Or not, um, what would you tell your early self? No, my thing is, where are you at today, and what are you doing to build community, and where are you going to be at tomorrow? To continue to build community, right? right. That's but true. That's what it comes down to, and we got to realize that we can do it in our families, and that's great, and we should. Right. That's that's that we're supposed to do that, but we also have to do it with those folks that our families are connected to. Right. That you know, they say, Well, I like that friend, but I don't like the other friend. If you don't like the other friend, mom, dad, then why don't you talk to the other friend and show them away? You see, you know. That, that now that's real, you know what I'm saying? But that's hard for people. How how I mean, you know, with with everything going on with the pandemic and everything, how you know are people post pandemic open? I mean, I see you and what you're doing, you You've been in school. You have many degrees. You're very smart. You can figure out things. But the average person can't really, I would say, do that. So how would you apply some of the things that you're saying to what's going on post-pandemic and, and what you got going on? Yeah, yeah you know, from, from this post-pandemic thing, right? And, 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 and I coined it post-pandemic because those are the terms that you got to use that people are using right now who has access to capital, access to resources that we need in our community. So I call it a post-pandemic. But if you think about it, um, Joy, we've been in a pandemic. <laughs> All our lives. Right? <laughs> so, um, so this pandemic thing ain't nothing new to us. We've been struggling, trying to figure out how to make ends meet from day to day. Yes. We know what it means not to have, not to be able to, to go into another neighborhood. Yes. Um, and, and that's called what? Uh, redline or profiling or whatever. And prejudice. So here it is. It's called now, prejudice. <laughs> we don't want you to leave your neighborhood. So we've been locked up the whole time. This, this, this pandemic thing was nothing new to us. 
But right. Again, knowing that, and because we already experienced um, a pandemic before this COVID thing, we have to be able we we have to be able to utilize our past experiences to 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 make progress in this time. And I say that, um, and, and, and don't take it lightly. I, I say that is that the average person has what they need to be successful at this particular time with all the resources that's flowing. And um, and so with that, we have to look at the pandemic as to address the issues that we've always had, right? Not to address this whole thing of sanitation and being clean and um, covering your mouth and doing all that kind of, we've, we, we've been there, we've done that. But we have to look at the and say, okay, now that we're coming out of this thing called the COVID pandemic, um, how do we get those resources marshaled into our community to actually do some things? And I just um, won a grant. It was a, 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 a few million dollars, right? And um, just got awarded. It was just put in the paper yesterday morning. Um, okay. But what that simply says is that what the grant does, it takes the children who were locked up in their houses trying to do this thing called virtual education um, when we had prepared anybody for that, for what it means to be virtually education. So you can imagine that a lot of folk did it wrong. The parents did it wrong. The teachers did it wrong. The schools, the superintendents, all these smart people that were supposed to know what to do. They didn't did know what they was doing. They hadn't done it before, right? Not at home. So anytime that you haven't done anything before, someone has, then that's the perfect time to do something different, right? And so here it is. They were trying to do the, what they had done in 2019 and 2020 and 2021, and it wasn't working. And so what I did with this particular thing, I said, okay, we we know what don't work. Let's put some things in there that do work. And, it, and I went back to this whole thing that really we hadn't addressed in our communities since, I'm going to say, um, really, uh, well, I'm, I'm just going to put it at Jim Crow, right, even though it goes further back than that. We haven't addressed the social, emotional learning, and we haven't addressed the trauma that's been inflicted upon our people, especially our children. And of course, as adults, we're just a little older child, right? So we haven't addressed, we haven't addressed those traumas. So what I did when I uh, went out, went after those dollars, I said, well, let's address the traumas. Let's, let's address the, 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 the social inequities. Mm-hmm. And then let's come back and layer it with what we want somebody to be able to to learn or be able to do when they go into the college or the workplace. You know, I think that's how we need to look at this. Um, let's utilize this thing called post-pandemic with all these dollars flowing right. to address the ills in our community, whether they're mental, academic, physical, whatever. Let's address those ills first. This is the perfect time to do it, Sister Joy. Yeah, especially if, I mean, I would say if you're a person that's trying to get into some type of business or you are trying to um you know utilize like you said the capital that's being given out at this time um this is the time to open up those practices and those um places where you can help out like you know people in the community whatever it may be because um now is the time, like, po- I would say post-depression pandemic, or whatever they right. used to call right. it back then. Right. That was the time, the renaissance time, 
where people started the Harlem Renaissance and started all these businesses. Atlanta was booming. All these different places was really like blossoming after the Depression. So I guess right now black people are in much better places than they were then. I would say, and if 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 people was doing it then, now is the time to you know to definitely do it. If you're trying, you know, say if you got a daycare, I would say like something simple like that. Now you know you can grow that daycare right now. I would say with some of the capital that's out there. Right, right. You know, and, and as a people, we know how to make something from nothing, right? I think we're the most innovative and genius people on the face of this earth. It's that, um, you know, I think that some of us got into this mindset of, you know, I'm going to collect these dollars um, that maybe even if they don't care if it's the $600, $1,200 or whatever you collect for none. The unemployment. Stack, stack those dollars and leverage them. But the thing right, is, so how are they going to, that's another thing with, with, with the post-pandemic. Okay, people not don't want to go back to work. I don't know what's going on with that mentality. But you got people out there because you work, you know, with the average person. I'm going to just keep it real. I don't be out here with that person. So I don't, you know, I'm not trying to sound uppity or anything. But I just don't know. I, I'm working and I, and I don't mind working and I'll work harder and have three or four jobs but yeah people now that are okay with the unemployment check and okay with not going back into the workforce and just like I would say numbing themselves to this situation and right. just going along what are right right, right. you know such a joy this is how I look at work right um, always works Yes, you have. But you know what? When I walk into somebody's business and they're going to pay me a check, I'm walking away with more than that, that wage that they pay. Right? And, 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 and I share this with folks that come to me that seek advice on entrepreneurship. I said, where have you worked? What have you done? Okay, do you think you could have done it better than that person and figure out a way to make it more efficient? I said, if you know that, then go ahead and do that. Right? Um, because the easier way to make money is to... Um, you know, take something that you already know and then build on it. Make right. it better. Right? So, Kat says it, um, that's out there saying, man, ain't no way I'm going to um, be going and working for $10 an hour or $7 an hour, whatever, at this fast food restaurant. Okay, that's cool. You don't got to do that. But at least get the job at the fast food restaurant so you can figure out the operations of that place. And go and start your own. knowledge of how to run it and you apply it to what you want to do. Right. Be your own boss. It takes nothing to do that. You know, most folks that got restaurants, they started out in their kitchen. Yes, they did. Look at the rib tips, greens, or whatever, and say, hey, you know what you want? And make some bomb wings over here, man. Come, I got them about $10 a plate. Do it like that. Because once you show that cash flow, the bank don't care where that money come from. And um, the person <laughs> that you're going to rent that, that, that space from to open your restaurant, they don't, don't care where that That's true. Um, you know, um, even if you're on the street hustling, stack your change. Don't put, don't spend it all on on things that's not going to make you any money. You spend money to make money, right? So wow. if it ain't making no money, then you shouldn't be using your money. And that's how I look at it. Right? Mm-hmm. So stack your stack your loot. Be patient. Wait for the opportunity. I tell people that every single day of my life. Be patient. Wait for the opportunity and have enough that you can seize on it. 
because most of the time you're not going to use your money anyway. People just want to know that you got money. Wow. And it don't matter how much it is. You never <laughs> got to tell people how much you got. People are going to assume that you got what kind of money you got by how you carry yourself. Right. So here it is, man. I walk around with, I don't, actually, I don't got on a watch, man. I'll buy a watch at Walmart. And people say, man, is that Cartier? I said, if you want it to be. But they just assume that I got to be wearing the best and whatever. Because it's... You know, it's, you know assume. they assume it because what you got going on, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And and they assume it because what you're a part of, you know, properties that you have, stuff like that. They think you out here wilding. But one thing that you just said that is so, you know, resonant is that when you said something about if you can do something at a restaurant or if you could do something at a fast food learn the operations and do your own thing it's a lot of restaurants and food trucks and stuff opening out and these people were probably doing that or if they didn't do that like you said they started in the kitchen you are so right about that like if you got to start somewhere you know what i'm saying and that information alone should make certain people want to go back to work because I mean, people are like seriously. Restaurants are closing because people don't want you know maintenance places. All type of places are closing because people don't want to go back to work. But you you have to get back out there in some type of way. You have you to work. Get, you definitely got to get back out there. Like there's one guy that that I work with here. Um, he came through, actually I'm going to share a couple of stories. He came through my organization. I set up an organization when I was over at the community college called Society of Innovators. And he had a, um, a really nice barbecue joint. He started cooking barbecue ribs and stuff in a, in a parking lot. And then he moved into a, a, a shop. And I was like, dude, you got to use your time better. And so he came into Society of Innovators. We spent about six months, nine months with him. And he came out with a line of um, rugs and sauces. He makes mm. money from rugs and sauces, but people in the community think that hey, you're making money out there or out to a couple of restaurants that he opened. He, he's, 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 he's filthy now, right? Wow. But you don't have to show it, right? He, he, he made what he learned and his, he put his secret sauce, he bottled it, literally, and he sold it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's what it is, you know? A lot of folk have these great skills, but they haven't learned how to bottle it and sell it. Mm. And so that's what it is. And another young lady that's that's here that's here in town. Um, she started out at at my college. I had a little closet and just needed people that wanted like a quick bike, like a hot dog or a corn dog or something that didn't require a full kitchen. I had a full kitchen in my college, but we still had one that was just off to the side that didn't have very much in it. She started off there. I said, "What do you want to do?" She said, "Hey, I want my own restaurant." I said, "Hey, I need for you to do this for me." For again, six to nine months. I don't. I don't waste anybody's time. Give me six to nine months. Say, do this for me, and I'll help you help parlay that into your business in the community. And right now, she has her business. She's getting ready to build a whole new building. So I'm doing what she started out in a really a closet at my campus. Wow. Right? They're selling burgers, right? And and um, but but that's it, right? But somebody has to show you the ropes. And um, if nothing else. I think that I, I've learned how to connect with people and I learned how to maintain relationships to help other people get to where they need to go. And now I haven't always done a great job of doing that for myself, but I've always been able to do it for others. 
that now the blessings are coming, but they're coming for all the work that I put in because there's not, um, when it comes to operations, when it comes to human um, performance, leadership, and those things, please, I think that I'm bottling in my secret, my secret sauce right now and I'm taking it across the globe. I was just in Germany not not too long ago. I've been all over the just just selling that secret sauce, right? Because I want people people that look like me. Um, I want them to be successful too, I right? But, they, that. but if they don't know, they can't be. So my thing is, let me share my let me share the story. Let me share the secret sauce with them, and let them do with it what they need to do with it to be who they want, who they need to be. All right. So I'm not going to, you know, take up all your time. You know, we are talking about, you know, like I said, everybody, post-pandemic, Dr. Marlon Mitchell is talking about all of his projects that he has going on, you know, with basically re-entrying ourselves into society when it comes to certain things and post-pandemic. So tell us a little bit more about your other projects that you have going on. Yeah, you know, um, one thing before we wrap up, right, um, I do want to share this whole thing about the housing piece. Yeah. Right, and it's going back to our communities, right? Um, People talk about buying back the block and doing those things. We're literally, we're buying buying back communities, but we're doing it in a smart way where I'm I'm not trying to take money out of my pocket or raise money to buy the block. I'm, I'm going in talking to these banks and saying, hey, banks, you have this thing called the Community Reinvestment Act that you're supposed to give back to these blighted communities and depressed communities. Mm-hmm. We want you to come alongside with us and help us get these projects done in our communities so that people can have houses that they are proud of, right? You take it, the average person spends more money on rent than they could. Love. That, that'll be two mortgages, right, for that one month of rent. Seriously, you know it's sad. Mr. Miss Bank lady, Let's put these monies back in the community. We'll fix the house, but I need for you to create a favorable program that will help that person that hasn't had all the opportunities that a lot of folk have. So, right but they could pay the rent, you know? They just need the help. But check this out, Joy. This is real sweet. You can, um, if you, the, I'm, I'm working with this well, a couple of banks. I got them to lower their credit scores to qualify for a mortgage to 540. Wow. You know, that's like, you could, you could have bankruptcy, all types of stuff. You can get a 540. 540 and one <laughs> year of gainful employment. That's all. Wow. And then what my CDC does, we we go in, we acquire the house from redevelopment using community, we, we do that. We fix the house. Mm-hmm. Then we get some federal funds to bring down the cost of the house to make it affordable for the person. So let's say the house costs $100,000. But we got some federal dollars that are bring that house down to 75. Then we do a silent second that will be forgiven after five years. So that brings the house down to 60. At $60,000, your mortgage is like $200, $300 a month, right? And that's with insurance in a lot of cases. So at that, you take it. Most people are paying $1,200 to $2,000 a month for rent. You just saved yourself a 1000 bucks a month, and you didn't do anything but purchase a house that's only going to return so much value and equity to you and your family, you're building wealth now. Right. And so that's what it comes down to building wealth. But again, I don't just say, hey, I want to sell your house. I say, hey, I'm going to give you the skills to get that job, that high wage paying, high performing job, and then I'm going to help you get that job so that you can buy this house. So it's a whole process with me. 
Um, I'm going to start where you at. If you ain't got a job, you just got out, hey, we'll start there. And in a year's, year and a half time, I want you to be gainfully employed, living in your own house, building wealth for you and your family. That's what it's about, Joy. That's what it's about right there. That That is something that needs to be more talked about, I would say, because you're right. I mean, the amount of years I know people that have lived in apartments, I mean, in the age that I am, you know, people 20 years. And it's like, if all that money could have went to a house, you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, they would have been building equity a long time ago, but because of certain things and just how society is, a lot of people can't do the things that they want to do, but they need help. Like you said, they need right. help. They need, right. and they don't know that. A lot of times, they don't know that they need help, but they need yeah, people, you know, like you said, to be in the community helping to let them know that they need help. Because right. a lot of times, they don't want to take it. I'm telling you, they right. don't. They right. they only want to go back to work. Right. And the thing about it is, you know, a lot of folks they don't want to put their money in a bank and just let it sit there. But if you put your money in a bank and just let it sit in a bank, when it comes to do anything that you need. Um, that financing for, they're going to look at your statements to see what type of activity you have. And you have, if you have very little activity with money going out, but you have some activity with money coming in, don't matter how big or how small it is, that's a, that's a plus for you. Right. So the whole idea is, you know, I always tell people, if you, if you get $10 or whatever that was unexpected, put it in the bank and act like you never had it. You do that enough times, dude. You have just accumulated enough money to do whatever you want to do that you take it that the average down payment on a home that most people do right now is what, 5%, 10%? Yeah. You take it a little while ago, they had to do 20%. But now you can even get a home with zero down payment. That's true. 1%, 2%, right? Yeah. So about two, three thousand dollars. A couple of thousand and a yep. bit. And you got a job, you can buy, you can get that house if you have the right type of activity on your account. Right. You can't you, uh, you can't go month to month with nah. all no. big bits and downs. No, and that's down. that's real. That's their shoes or something, you know. No, that's real. I I be telling let me I, I don't even mean to go off course with what you got going on, but for real, that's how I got my house. I literally all I needed was like three, four thousand. I didn't even need a lot. It was a little bit. And my credit didn't even have to be like 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 you, what you talking about? I was in that in that circumference, but what you said, I had it sitting there, and like you said, it was you gotta have that money, like that three thousand, four thousand in that account, sitting monthly, monthly, monthly. Because then I don't know what it is, but it seemed like at that point it wasn't as bad to purchase a house when I didn't have none in the account, and I was trying to get a house before. Oh, no, it wasn't. Right, that's the word. I was about to say character, but it's stability. Now, have a couple of accounts. Have an account that you play with that you get overdrawn with all the time. Just go ahead and have that account. But have another account that you act like you ain't even got. You don't even touch it. Yeah, when it comes that you need to go to the bank to get something, whether it's a car or a house or whatever you want. You can say, hey, you know, this money's been sitting there in the bank. Look at it and say, man, you haven't touched that money in six months or a year. You haven't touched that money. I have an account that I haven't touched money in like 10 years, right? Um, so anytime I want to show that I'm stable, 
I point to that. Ain't that much in it, but I point to that account, and it shows that. And then with credit cards, I have one credit card I never touch. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll put like five dollars on it just when they threaten me because you haven't. About to close it. the account. Do whatever. Put <laughs> yeah. five dollars on it and pay it off as soon as I put it on. Go on and pay it right off. And then now that shows a history of um, of a great credit. Right. So you don't have to have this bomb credit. And matter of fact, if we start talking about credit, I got tons of ways that you can have the poorest credit in the world, don't have to file bankruptcy, and you walk away smelling like roses in four to five years by just not paying any of your bills and wow. not answering a phone call not playing games with folks. Again, there are certain laws and things that's in place that, you know, um, people just can't carry that stuff if they can't contact the person. So become ghost just like you would ghost that person that you fell out of love with. <laughs> ghost, ghost, ghost that credit. Same way. <laughs> wow. Yo. I mean, so, it, listen. So, so you can do it. Now, I don't advise. If you yeah, I don't. Everybody can't do this. This is straight for. But if you got to do it, and your Leah follows. No, if you don't have to. Yeah, look, this is straight. This is that sauce that he was talking about. This ain't for everybody. Like I said, um, <laughs> uh, if, if, if you got folk that's out here that that that, that um want to get a bottle of it, hey. I haven't. Yes, I yeah. Haven't. Oh, I definitely. Before we end it, we're going to definitely get your information because some folks definitely need their sauce because I'm learning so much on this call. Like, literally yeah, on, like, stuff that I, I I thought about, but you confirmed it. You know what I'm saying? Even with the post-pandemic on if you want to start a business, like, it's so many businesses popping up. And... It's so many people that wanted to do what they was doing, and now is the time for them to do it, it seemed like, right? It's even a time to buy somebody's business, right? If somebody got a business going on, they go, they're going out of business anyway, this is time to approach them and say, hey, you know what, why don't you turn your business over to me, I'll give you a couple of, a couple of dollars for it, and then, you know, you walk away again. They're going to lose it, so a lot of times they want to make something before they lose it, as long as you have learned, if you have paid attention to what, what, what the business is supposed to do, you got a better way of doing it, man, approach, approach folk right now and say, hey, I want to buy your business. I, I, there's a couple of these I'm looking at. I'm like, hey, I've never had a distribution business before, but I'm looking at one and, and I'm looking that I can make my money back that I invest in one year. It's worth it. When I know that what I invested in over years and that's going to grow, and I know the area so I can grow it because I know the area. Man, come on now. But, um, Joy, there's so much out here. So many opportunities, it sounds like. We just got to get busy, right? Um, this pandemic is a blessing and a curse. It's, it's a curse if, if you were adversely affected by it. But don't let those adversities stop you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. Don't let it stop you from your purpose and your destiny. Go ahead and um, swing for the fences. You right about that. Jump off the porch, as they used to Jump say. Off the porch, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you know I was off that thing. Yeah, jumped you, off that. <laughs> you know, if you're going to compete, compete for real. You know, don't compete with the, with haters, man. Just, just let all that go along and don't even hurry. If you don't give them any time and attention, they can't time, they can't take your energy. You're so right just about focus that. on what it is that you, that you want to do. And grind it till you get it, right? You're right about that. So, so okay, definitely with the um, people, you know, 
trying to re-entry when they come out of jail and everything they got got going on. What are some, I would say, websites or how people could get in contact with you when it comes to those type of organizations and um, just you in general? Okay, I'll um, I, I tell you what. Um, I'm going to, let me see if I can throw something down in the chat. Um, I'm just going to, I'll tell you what, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to put my email down there. And I have a couple of websites, but of course the websites do a lot of different stuff, uh-huh. right? So I don't want to um, just give you a bunch of websites and things like that. That won't do. That won't do anybody too too good. Because they'll be trying to figure out which one that they, which one do they need to go into. But I'm put my email down here, and then I'm going to put one of my websites, just one of the websites down there. That's um, that I, that I use to to when I speak to people, right? Okay. And um, if you're audience want to get in contact with me they can um, either shoot me an email or jump on that John Maxwell site and um, hey I'll make myself available alright well you know everybody always you know wants to just know just in case um, who to get in contact with so I would definitely be reposting your email and that information as well when I post the podcast as well as, you know, when I post it on Instagram because it's always good to know um, that you could just reach out to somebody. But you guys always know you can reach out to me as well. And um, my email is joyleahp at gmail.com and you can always follow me at, at joyleah on Instagram. But, Marlon, before we end this, you know, we're going to, you know, we could keep the party going because a lot of people need help, I would say that. But, you know, let's just talk about one more thing, how you were talking about um, re-entry into society. How are we going to find our place in the t- on, at the table as black people? Because, you know, it's, it's been hard out here. Yeah, um, and this is one thing that I will share, right? You never know who you're going to meet, right? And, and which, I, which I know what you said a little bit earlier, you don't, you don't hang with certain people. But, you know, we're all connected in so many ways. Um, like right now, I'm, I'm trying to assemble my old neighborhood. Yeah. So what do I have to do? I need to go to the neighborhood. So the folk that that was doing what they do and now they're a little older, still doing what they did, you know, um, they're still there. But they know the neighborhood, right? Right. So I connect back with them and I'll say, hey, man, let's go door to door. Let's, 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 let's just get this information out there. Let's share it with these folk. Um, that it's just time to reclaim their community and start to build wealth and get their property values going back up. And so, man, I got that um, that dream team going door to door, knocking on doors, asking people, hey, you know what? Uh, I know you want to stay in your house. We want to beautify. We want to get these properties next to you. Yeah. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we can help you, help your help help the neighborhood, yep. and all benefit, right? Right. And so, so and it was so really- crazy that a lot of people don't know even the house that you live in like that was the house we all grew up in and you made it into a historical i would say home and putting equity back in that house like even doing that is that that's kind of basically what you're talking about what people are doing in their community well, yeah definitely 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 because, because you know what as black folk we have so much wealth but we choose to leave it and then go and chase 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 something else right so um, a lot of folk they leave their neighborhood and they want to be in Atlanta, but you know their parents are older, grandparents are older, and the property goes. I don't want that. That was that's poor because it don't look right, right? 
just because it don't look right don't mean that it don't make money. Wow. It don't mean that it's not wealth. People die every day to own. So, so you're going to give up a house or give up property or give up something that's bought and paid for. Hello. To go and pay somebody rent. Jesus. You better. Right? So, why Preach. do we do that? But we do it every single day. We do. And I'm saying, let's stop that. Even if you don't want to live there. Pay the taxes on it. Just keep it, right? Man, I went. I wish. Yeah, or rent it out. Let's make a make a life there. I don't know what people was think. What people be thinking to give up acres and land? Like you know that you know that house in North Carolina, Z Olive had. They sold it. I'm like that. You know how many acres and land it is? But I'm glad you did that with that with Ivy Street. That says that you can't control. Land that was in your family. There's wow. nothing. There's nothing that you can't control it. You ain't got to live that to, to, to control it. There's nothing to say that you can't that you can't assemble that stuff and put it together and make it work for the family. Again, I've been trying to put stuff together for people after me, and I tell folks all the time. Whoever I talk to, they say, "Marlon, man, I, I, I don't know where you where you get that from." But I've been more concerned about my legacy than than um, my future. Right. Me too. So I've been more concerned about my legacy, right? Because I don't want people to experience the same thing that I've experienced. Yep. And so my thing is to set it up so that there's an easy transfer, number one. Number two, set it up, make sure that they learn and they understand. So I don't mind taking um, um, folk along with me and saying, hey, this is what I do. But if you're going to do it, I need you to be committed. Because if you're not committed, then you're not going to learn the nuances. And it's not that there's a certain steps that you take. It's the nuances in those steps that makes a difference, right? So I can hate some. I, I don't. I don't have to care for somebody to um, to still work with them and talk to them and be civil. Although I know I ain't gonna fool with them after whatever's done is done. But again, we have to figure out how to um, code switch in business, just as we code switch going through school and we want something for somebody. Else. Let's code switch in our business and let's code switch making money. Right, right. I ain't got to cuss nobody out to for them to know that. Hey, you know what? That shit was wrong. You know, I ain't got to. I ain't got. I don't got to go off on them. But I can put put some things in place that they know what they did was wrong, and that hey, I see you, and um, and, and we know what's we know what's what, and so this is what I'm going to do to counter that. And sure enough, man, you know, um. Um, the heavens has has a way of um, of um, working it out, working it out, <laughs> and, and, and giving people what to do, whether they do a check or they do a bill. The heavens has a way. I heard that. Whether they do a check, I'm trying not to work it out so that I get any bills. I okay, need I, I need a check. I'm, I heard that. Check me out. <laughs> check check me out. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so again, doctor. You have given us so much knowledge and so much information in these last little few minutes. I really appreciate you again taking your time out, um, being on my podcast. Again, thank you guys for listening to Backstage with Joy Leah. You can always follow me on Instagram at Joy Leah. On Facebook, Joy underscore Leah. And you can always email me at joyleahp at gmail.com. Again, we are Backstage with Dr. Marlon Mitchell.
Talking about the community post pandemic. All the knowledge. And we can get back into this community, y'all, with no problems if we use the information that he gave us. As well as if you need any type of help and assistance, make sure you reach out to your community and to your resources. Again, thank y'all for listening to Backstage with Joy Leah. And we signing out for this segment, y'all. Good night. Message Joy, be the light. Thank you, Marlon. You got it. <laughs> Yo, I, I ain't gonna lie, I do love how you did everything in the community. <laughs>